sometimes players just can't catch a break. And this sadly is the case of Boogie Cousins. The man, let's be honest, a few years ago you could have argued was one of the best big men in the league. He could shoot a little, he rebounded very well, he played his position excellently, and he also always found a way to just get the job done. Sure, the playoffs were never his thing. Mostly because he struggled to ever get there. In fact, really, the most memorable playoff experience he ever had, if he really has anything else, is with Golden State in the finals this year against the Toronto Raptors, where in that game too, he definitely looked excellent. The other games maybe not so much, but that game too, he definitely played a huge factor at points in that game as he put up a great stat line. But sadly a fate, much like Derrick Rose's, has fallen upon him. Sadly, whoever controls the injuries, whatever fate can completely crush a player's soul, whatever forces there are in the universe that don't let someone achieve their highest standard, unfortunately it's happened to Boogie, it happened to Derrick Rose, happened to Brandon Roy, it's happened to a lot of talented guys, but Boogie's just the latest example. How great could he have been? That's a question left unanswered. Maybe he's not done, but a third major injury in a very short span? I think we're fooling ourselves if we think he'll ever be the same, or anything close to it. And so are the Lakers. So now, in sports, teams that adapt are teams that win. The Patriots. They adapt every year. They lose so many players, and their new carousel comes in and takes over. Bill Belichick, the general of general. Brady, the leader of leaders. They come together every year, and they win. The Patriots are the example. In hockey, you have the Pittsburgh Penguins that seem to get the job done and seem to adapt pretty nicely. Crosby gets hurt, there's a plan B. Basketball? You know, LeBron James, you can argue, is the best player in the league. I personally think it's Kevin Durant. And many people consider the Lakers, I'm not talking from a front office perspective, I'm a thousand percent just talking from a legacy. I don't think there's a team that's more prestigious than playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Sure, the Knicks. The Knicks are definitely highly regarded, and they definitely are an organization with much prestige. <coughs> but I think we're fooling ourselves if we think there's a team bigger than the Lakers especially right now. So the question is, how do you adapt? DeMarcus Cousins was the plan down low with Anthony Davis. Or maybe DeMarcus Cousins was going to be a sixth man. But what do you do? You're given this opportunity to get someone new. And I think the Lakers are definitely making the right decision. Everyone, thank you for listening to the opening. This is the Benchwarmers Club Sports and Entertainment Podcast, and I am flying solo today. My co-hosts aren't here. We've been through a lot. Uh, my family, we've been doing a lot of work, and a lot's happened, and there's just been no time. But I, every week, am going to make sure an episode comes out, one way or another. And I really hope that this doesn't deter you from listening in the future, because next week we will be back with the main event with J&J, and possibly a third J, as we always say. But today, we're talking about DeMarcus Cousins. We're talking about fantasy football. And I'm going to talk about the Bundesliga, soccer. Those are the three topics. Nothing crazy, 
but I'm going to do my best to make sure that you all get some understanding on this. Let's start at the top with DeMarcus Cousins finishing off this story. Apparently the Los Angeles Lakers have this idea to maybe get, you know him, Dwight Howard. Is this a smart move, you might wonder? Should this be happening? My answer is, you adapt. And this is how you adapt. You don't have time to worry about analytics, and you don't have time to worry about what might work and might and what will work. You don't have time for that. You need to adapt, and you need to build the best team to help LeBron win now. Dwight Howard didn't work his first time in Los Angeles. You can blame Kobe Bryant. You can blame Marcus Gasol. You can even blame Steve Nash, maybe one of the greatest point guards in history. Definitely a top five point guard of all time. Or you could just blame Dwight Howard. Let's face it, the man did not do himself any favors in Los Angeles, and he got forced out pretty quickly. The Lakers fans turned on him, and from my understanding, the team turned on him. So, Dwight Howard back in a Laker uniform, which apparently is being discussed, is that a good move? I personally think you have to be foolish to think it's not, because you adapt and you take risks. The Raptors last year make a mega trade. They trade assets, they trade a loyal knight in DeMar DeRozan for, as Game of Zones put it, a monster and Kawhi Leonard, an absolute beast. You traded, as again, as Game of Zone said, your most loyal knight, DeMar DeRozan, for the monster Kawhi Leonard. And with DeRozan, you gave up a bunch else. It worked out. It was a huge gamble, and it worked. You take risks that work. Because if you don't, then why are you, are you even trying to win? Teams that take risks often, sometimes it doesn't work out. But at least you can say you tried. At least you can look your fan base in the eye and proclaim that you did your best. At least you can do your best to completely understand that you took a situation and you did your best to adapt. The key here is that adaptability is not easy and it involves risk, but it must be done. Josh Gordon, he's reinstated by the Patriots. What a move. Now you got this kid from Arizona State on the Patriots. You got Gordon back. You got some other people back. Edelman. You got quite a squad ready to play. But to move back to basketball and not to lose focus, I think it's foolish to say the Dwight Howard going after him is a bad idea because I'll tell you what, not only is it a good idea, it is absolutely genius. Okay, so that's enough about basketball. But I hope I made myself perfectly clear about my whole stance on this. You go after Dwight Howard. So fantasy football's around the corner, eh? Yes, I know. I know. Let me look at the time mark so I can tell people the fantasy time. We're at about the seven-minute mark. So fantasy football, I got my draft on Saturday. And I've been coming up with a plan. It's been some stress because I gotta get money from people. A little bit of stress because I just moved into a new house. A little bit of stress because my job's coming to an end. And a little bit of stress because I got to draft the best fantasy team. I'm the champ, baby! I am the fantasy football champ, and I'm defending my title. We got an expansion this year. We got six new teams in the league. It's a 14-team pool. And I think at least 12 of them definitely are 
experienced fantasy players from my knowledge. And the other two, maybe it's going to take them a little longer, but I think they're going to be on the right track and they're definitely going to be competitive for our title. So you're wondering, who are some fantasy players maybe to look at? And I've narrowed it down to not too many, but enough. A few guys maybe to take a chance on and a few guys to maybe avoid. So with that being said, I could be a thousand percent wrong, but I like to think my track record is pretty good as I've won a few fantasy titles and I've always been a competitive team. Never missed the playoffs. Hoping to repeat, baby. So to start, here's the first player I think you should really take a look at. And he's a megastar. He's a superstar. He's somebody you need to take anyway. But there's this whole concept about selfishness with him. There's this whole concept that he's not worth the risk. There's this whole concept that he's a diva. But the first player that I think you really need to take a good look at, and maybe, if anything, reach a little for, is Antonio Brown. Crickets, you hear. What a controversial take to take Antonio Brown in fantasy. But you'd be surprised. People are ripping on the guy. People don't want him on their teams. They're calling him a diva, worried that he's a risk. What did I just tell you about risks, everyone? You take risks to win. And people are going to be sleeping on Antonio Brown. Maybe it's just one person who skips him. Maybe it's two overlook him. Maybe it's three. But in a Derek Carr-led offense with Antonio Brown, I think there's definitely possible that some magic could happen. You also got this Alabama running back. Maybe he won't start. Maybe he will. Uh, Jacobs. All right, I'll have to fact check that. It's Jacobs, I believe, or Jacob. Came from Alabama. He's a solid player. But anyways, that's not the point. I beg you, though, don't be selfish. Don't be what you think Antonio Brown is. Draft the man if you can. He might get hurt. Maybe his foot won't be 100% week one. But I can assure you, he loves his analytics. And he loves getting the ball. He's going to be in Derek Carr's ear telling him he needs it. And you want to know what? If John Gruden, he's an old school football coach. He knows that you give stars the ball. And giving Antonio Brown the ball is probably the best decision a team can make. Definitely the best decision. So that's my first player. You draft Antonio Brown. If you got an opportunity, maybe the second round, maybe even the first, if you really need a receiver, maybe AB isn't a bad choice to think about. And don't be scared about the whole diva look. If you get him, you're lucky, because he might light it up. That combination, though, I think you also look at Derek Carr. Please, don't draft him as your starter. If you do, maybe that's not wise. But if you can get Carr at a good value, or even a nice value trade, Carr's going to be quite an asset, I think, deep in the season. He and Antonio Brown are going to need to kind of come together. We don't know if they're friends, we don't know if they're enemies, we don't know if they even like each other. But the key is, we need to believe that they're going to get on the same page and halfway through the year, they might start lighting up that scoreboard. Derek Carr also, he has he's in a bit of a regression. He's definitely not progressing as a quarterback. The perfect time to maybe snag him up and get him on your bench. Because if he gets some of that productivity back yet a few years ago, oh boy, there's definitely some points to get scored. That, that sounded awkward. We're not going to fix it, though. We're going to roll with it. Moving on, a player to avoid. And this is a tough one for me because I hear the hype, but I also see the downside. You know, 
You go into Zellers. Well, I guess there's no more Zellers. <laughs> you go into Toys R Us. And you're looking in the toy section. And you see this beautiful, massive Lego set. You look at the Lego set. And you think, this is just beautiful. I need to have this Lego set. And it's going to be the best thing ever. So you take the Lego set and you take it home. But on the way home, the box, it's wet. The pieces on the inside are damaged. Stuff isn't working right. And it's just, it's not working out here. It looked really good. And to tell you the truth, that Lego box probably is a pretty decent, you know, little structure you can build out of it. But it's not good. It's kind of junk right now. It was damaged. Something's not right. It might be a bit of a poor analogy, but that's the Arizona Cardinals to me. The Cardinals look like a nice shiny toy. Their offense, I mean. And I couldn't care less about their defense. The Arizona Cardinals offense seems to me like it's ready for a boom. This new offense is going to be nifty. But I think on the inside, it's really rotten like an apple. A nice looking apple that on the inside just has worms and it's just rotten on the inside. There's something up with Arizona. Their O-line's not good. I think Kyler Murray, he's going to be fine, but this first year, he needs to survive. He's a mobile quarterback. Make no doubts about it. He's incredibly athletic, but he's got to stay on his feet. And that O-line is not going to do him a single darn favor. So I'm going to say this. Avoid Kyler Murray. Avoid Larry Fitzgerald. And I'm, I don't know... Johnson is definitely going to produce, so I wouldn't say avoid him. Johnson might be not a bad value guy, but I'm going to say avoid some of the Arizona Cardinals players. I think you're just looking at a trap here. I don't see it, and I I don't get it. It's another guy to maybe take a chance on. So Cardinals, maybe overlook him a little. If you can get him, maybe David Johnson, that's about it. But besides that, I think that Cardinals offense, I think it's going to be stopped. I think it's rotten on the inside and we're all just, we're looking too much into it. This type of air raid style. Please don't be fooled. Understand that football's more than an X's and O's game. You need talent to run those X's and O's. And I can't find it really on Arizona. Anyways, another guy to look into. Jordan Howard on the Philadelphia Eagles. The man is going to, he might not get all the touches. There's some competition there. But Jordan Howard in a late round is definitely a bit of a sleeper. The man I could see getting you maybe one touchdown a game in 50 yards. I can see him being an 11-12 point guy on a kind of an average night. He's going to get his carries. It's just he's going to have to split them with some of the other backs because they do have some talent there. The Eagles, some argue, are the most talented team in the NFL. I disagree, but that's not, that's not my call. Again, though, I need to just really hammer this point home. Jordan Howard's a talent, and he can even catch the ball now. Maybe the Bears, we don't know why they traded him, but it was a dumb decision. My goodness, my take earlier was stupid. He was worth way more than that pick the Bears got for him. Let's go to the final story now. I mean, if you really want another bust, you can look around the league and you can probably find a few. I don't want to give up too much information here. But don't draft Daniel Jones either. Don't draft Daniel. Eli is going to start most of the season. And I think if you draft him, you're wasting your time. 
And trust me, I'm I like Daniel Jones, quarterback from a basketball school, good underdog kind of that way. It's a power five school, but I mean, you don't think of Duke football for or you don't think of Duke for its football. So in that sense, I kind of do see him as a little bit of an underdog, a little guy with a chip on his shoulder. But he's not going to play a lot this year. He will get in, but I think they're setting him up for failure. Last story, we go to the Bundesliga. For my listeners, that's German soccer. If you don't know that, though, I'm sorry. You should watch the Bundesliga. So we had a big game between Bayern Munich and Hertha Berlin. And I'm looking at my phone. I watch the clips on, you know, YouTube. And all of a sudden, I see Hertha Berlin tied Bayern Munich. And I look, and I'm like, holy goodness. What happened here? Then, I, you know, I look at the phone a little more, and I'm like, Hertha Berlin, they're unreal at home. They're a tough team. You know, when they're in their stadium, their fans seem to give them some energy. Well, whatever fans they have. And they, they, they're they a home team. They've always been. They're tough at home, on the road. I mean, you can easily beat them, but home, you don't want to face them on your schedule. It's always a bad look. But they did it on the road. Is this a testament to Byron not being up to... St- like being up to stuff this year, or is this Hertha Berlin being absolutely fantastic? Hertha Berlin should have won. Lewandowski's foul he got called when was lucky with the VAR. And trust me, I'm a huge Lewandowski fan. I can even admit that. All I'm basically saying here is this. Hertha Berlin, they showed up, but Bayern Munich, I think they panicked a little. They got that Phil Coutinho transfer all done right after that. They got another, they've got a Croatian superstar. I can't pronounce his name and I don't want to embarrass myself on the show. His name starts with a P or something. And they're bringing in these lone players to go up against my beloved Borussia Dortmund, who won their first game 5-1 against Osberg. Granted, Osberg is the team in the Bundesliga we need to beat. If there's another game I'd recommend though you take a look at, it would definitely be the Berlin, uh, the... FC Union Berlin against RB Leipzig. Two Eastern German teams. Leipzig won 4-0, but that's not the story here. Union Berlin is now in the Bundesliga. That's fantastic. And you know, they lost 4-0, but I think they're just happy to be here. And I'm happy to have now a Berlin derby. Genuinely makes me happy. Heard of Berlin, I'd say, is one of my I, I wouldn't say they're one of my teams, but I do enjoy them, and I do kind of root for them a little bit when they're not against Dortmund and not taking our place in the standings. Looking at the table, though, I mean, there's a Bundesliga team I really like. RB Leipzig's looking good, obviously. Byron's made some transfers. And Fortuna Dusseldorf. Now, that's a team I root for all the time because they have, like, a Harry Potter-sounded name. Dusseldorf. I, I just absolutely love it. They win against Warder Bremen. Not a strong team, but definitely definitely a team you don't want to overlook on a regular basis because they do find a way to win or tie a tough one. They go in and they do this. Is this the year of Dusseldorf going to Europa League? Alrighty, that's all the time I have, guys. I really want to thank you for listening, and I hope this flying solo is nothing but a success. Hopefully next week we will have another episode of Main Event with J&J. But until then, thank you for listening. And until then, take care. And remember, take risks. The day you stop taking risks is the day you stop deciding you want to play to win. Oh, also, 
as I always say, and I'm going to say at the end of the show, you play to win the game, and you give stars the ball in football, basketball, and any other sport. Thanks for listening, guys. Also, uh, thank you, Brandon, and thank you, Phoenix, for sharing our Facebook stuff. We really appreciate it, and we hope you keep listening and sharing stuff on the Facebook page. Thank you, guys. You just listened to Benchwarmers Club Sports and Entertainment Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you listen again. Until then, God bless, praise Christ, and thank you for listening to the show.